You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaConfora. I think the Dolphins are a very good team. I think the Dolphins have turned the corners of her franchise and they found a head coach who's brought consistency and stability uh, and a a a esprit de corps that's been lacking. That building has been toxic forever. You know, you can go back to when Parcells was looming there as a football czar and, you know, you can go back to like, a, you know, saving for a hot minute, right? Like it's, it's always been something and you don't hear any of that anymore right you've still got the brian flores lawsuit out there but like that's right so mcdaniel has ushered them into a new era as a franchise they are no longer a second class citizen in the nfl they're no longer lumped in with the browns and the raiders and the you know the commanders slash r skins right as these franchises that you're just like what what are they doing what the f however with that comes greater expectations and the idea that the Dolphins fighting for the third wild card spot and oh they're they're plucky right and they're oh they're feisty and oh they just might get in and wouldn't that be a nice step? That's not no. Now they're going to be measured by like how good are you when the best teams are playing one and done football? And I'm not sure they're there yet. You know, I, I'm not like that should be the expectation. I'm not sure they're going to be able to compete at that level the way that they would hope and their fans would hope. Jalen Hurts threw a couple of more interceptions. He's got more interceptions already this season than he threw the entire year last year. But I'm still not concerned. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I get that, but it's hard to duplicate these special seasons where quarterbacks are damn near perfect. Yeah. I mean, they started 13-1 and one last year. You know, that, that you're not going to duplicate that. But he did hit A.J. Brown for 10 catches, <clears throat> excuse me, and 137 yards. So you're getting A.J. Brown involved. Remember – early in the season, Jason, when they had that little talk on the sideline and everybody was wondering what was going on, he's finding A.J. Brown. He's getting his guys involved. And I just think for Eagles fans, you said it, first world problems. You go out and you sign Julio Jones to maybe help you in the red zone, which we didn't see that this game, but who knows as they continue to develop and, you know, put him in the game plan, they're going to have options. And I think Jalen's going to be fine. But this idea that, you know, he's going to throw six interceptions every year, that's just not going to happen, man, with as much as they rely on him to make these plays. Well, I think last year, too, in some ways reminded me of Lamar's 2019 MVP season. Those games were over at halftime, bro. Like, I just remember by week four, I'm just like, I am betting the Eagles to cover the first half spread like until it gets like north of eight and a half, right? Until the first half spread looks like a game spread. I'm just going to keep riding that because they're beating the snot out of everybody. And then like some teams are, you know, scoring in garbage time in the fourth quarter. But these games were over at the half. 
Like that doesn't usually happen two years in a row. Like there's usually a regression with that in this league. Like you can only take them by storm once, you know, Correct. Like, probably not happening two years in a row. That's not to say he's still not a top six, five, whatever quarterback in the league. That's not to say they can't go back to the Super Bowl this year, but the game scripts were going to be different, right? He was going to have to make more high tension, close and late second half throws this year than he did last year. That's when a lot of those interceptions occur. Yeah, it's a great point. Two of 23 of 32, 216. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk about these guys. The bottom line is, you know, they played together at Alabama. They're friends. I don't even think – I saw something. I don't I didn't see them speak before the game. But, you know, at the end of the day, they'll be linked forever with that whole Alabama thing. Yeah. But I think they're, they're NFL friendly, careers. friendly, Carl. They're friendly. Yeah. I don't know if they're friends. There you go. That's it. There you go. Friendly. Yeah, that's a good point because uh, I don't think Jalen said he, he spoke with him before the game and he doesn't talk to guys before the game, which is kind of his tradition. Either way, um, I want to see how this goes, right? Jalen got his bag. Tua's trying to get his, which he will, I think. And then I want to see where this goes and how yeah. many chances these guys get in playoff opportunities and whatnot. But Eagles guys reign supreme and and they're 6-1. and one. Chiefs are 6-1. and one. Surprised? No. Because these were the two best teams we thought coming into the season, and they're the two best teams right now, seven weeks into Green the season. Rises. Yes, yes, it does. Jason Lock on four. Let's talk about the Ravens, man. It's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe at in the huddle pod on YouTube. Check us out and make sure you tell your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Uh I know you uh you you you're close to that team, you cover that team as well. Uh, I have friends in that organization, and I'll tell you this. I, I said this to Baldy on last Thursday. A lot of the conversation for the Ravens was, we're going to be physical with the Lions. They're not ready for us. There was this whole idea about, like, hey, we're the real deal, and they're not. And then you come out, and you yeah. beat them down, Jason. I mean, this was ugly. Yeah. What would you think? This was over three three possessions in. Yeah, look, I think you're onto something there. I, I think this was the game that could have easily been a letdown game for the Ravens in so much as they played this gauntlet where three of their first five games were against divisional opponents on the road. Then you've got this trip to London where the last time they went to London, everybody remembers it was around the time of the protest in Kaepernick and Trump. They lost 44-7 at Wembley Stadium. You know, the whole sidelines, everybody kneeled. They came back to Baltimore. Fans booed them. I mean, it's disgusting. It's a disgusting moment in Baltimore sports history. And it's 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 a sad moment in their history, the way people responded to these adult men uh, expressing themselves politically protected, you know, First Amendment covered free speech. Uh, but anyway, uh, it, it, you know, that 44-7 at Wembley was like a thing. So you had that, which, which they were, I think, you know, it was pretty easy for the coaching staff to say, hey, we we're not going to go over there and have that happen again. And then you come back and you play this NFC team, right, who you never play, and it's your first home game in literally a calendar month. And that could have been a letdown spot. Um, and it wasn't, man. It was a letdown spot for the Lions. And I think the, the Ravens used a lot of that, you know, the, the Lions are the new team. The Lions are, you know, fear the Lions. The new whatever. hotness. Yeah. And, and yeah, and that feel, that that seemed to even, you know, listen to some of the guys in the, in the, in the locker room after, seemed to fuel the Ravens a little bit. There's no doubt which team was better prepared to play. 
I mean, Carl, the first three drives, the Ravens score touchdowns, and the Lions have three and outs with 13 total net yards. Um, the fourth down run by Lamar for a touchdown early, I, I think set the stage for the whole thing. The Ravens have been two and nine in the red zone the last two weeks. A lot of people who follow them closely said, you got to let Lamar have more attempts to carry the football in the red zone. And he, you know, scores a, a seven-yard touchdown on fourth down and a very physical run call. Uh, I mean, the people have been clamoring for some uh, degree of explosiveness out of the Ravens offense, and it had none. They had seven players with a 20-yard play in the game, and none of them's named Lamar Jackson. That doesn't right. happen very often. You know, Gus Edwards had an 80-yard reception, and he had a run of 20 yards or more. You know, Odell Beckham showed up downfield for the first time all year. Rashad Bateman caught a few balls. Uh, th this was their most complete football game. All three phases that they played in a long time. Um, they got a lot of pressure on golf without having to blitz five more sacks, and Aiden Hutchinson got shut out. Um, he didn't breathe on a quarterback. Um, so, yeah, look, I don't, again, you could play that game 20 more times. I don't think it ends that way. And, and the Ravens clearly, uh, like the Lions sitting there and playing man almost 40% of the time against the Ravens. I'm just like, yeah, they, they clearly don't face these guys very often. Like, <laughs> the, the script today was not 40% man. Uh, no. And, and you had guys running free all over the place and um you know they ran for 100 yards in the first half and it, it wasn't Lamar in the option game it, it was um they just beat him up the, the Jason real so, quick the one yeah one play the one play and everybody's pretty much seen it by now if you watch the highlights and we know you're all football fans who watch us and check out this podcast the one play where Lamar's in the pocket and then he, he rolls out to escape pressure and they're like, he had, they're counting down on the clock and he had like 10 seconds, but he stayed upfield, right? He stayed with his eyes upfield, yeah. his focus, and he throws a touchdown. And, and I just want to say like that play to me exemplifies the old thing that we thought about Lamar when he first came in the league, which was first instinct was it's not there. I'm running. He didn't do that. Yeah. On that particular play, it was, I'm going to escape. I'm going to stay behind the line of scrimmage, and I'm going to keep looking to see who's going to you know, get open. And he makes that play, and I'm just thinking to myself, all the crap I've heard. Listen, the kid's gotten a lot of crap. You've said it. You've talked about it. Oh, But, but, but the crap that I've heard about, oh, he's not a pocket passer, and he's never going to be successful. Like, that play is, like, just watch it and see how he has developed in his – you know, I'm going to stay in this realm right here and I'm not going to run. He could have easily yeah. ran it. I just, I thought that was yeah. a, a telling moment right there. No, he's being empowered more in the huddle, not the line of scrimmage than ever before. Uh, this they, Todd Munkin has given him ownership of this to a degree that Greg Roman never did. Um, mm. His ability to, to audible, check, get in and out of stuff, make adjustments on the fly. There's a whole lot more than that. They're playing with a greater pace than they ever did under the old offense. Um, and yes, he has come to embrace the horizontal passing game and the screens and the high percentage pass can be my friend. Um, yes. It's going to keep us moving the football. It's going to keep me from getting hit as much. He's getting the ball out faster than ever before because he's learned to embrace that. And Lamar, you know, if you were going to pick him apart four years ago, you'd look at his heat map and say, man, 
all the red stuff is between the hash marks, about 15 to 20 downfield, and it's usually Mark Andrews or Hayden Hurst. It's one of the two tight ends, and that's where the ball's going, right? That's where the completions are. He's he's completing way more passes outside the hash marks than ever before. And if they could catch the damn ball, like in the Pittsburgh game where they dropped three touchdown Five. passes yes. and, and at least three, three go routes down on the sideline where the ball placement was perfect or close to perfect, the numbers would look even better and the heat chart would be even more indicative of how well he's played. Um, his timing, his ability now, to, they're, they're implementing more RPOs. Um, and he's doing some things, you know, when he is outside the pocket to where, yeah, he's running up to the line of scrimmage. He's holding the ball. He's buying time. And then he's slitting your throat with a pass <laughs> rather than him trying to beat four people with the ball in his hand. He's completing 71% of his passes, Carl. It was 66.1 in his MVP season. He's over eight yards in attempt, despite it being kind of pop gun for most of the year. That's above his MVP season. And he threw the ball 401 times in his MVP season. He's on pace for 486. So more is being asked of him. There's more volume in the pass game than ever before. Um, it's not the greatest group of pass catchers in the history of the world. If it were, his numbers would look even better, and there would be more MVP chatter about him. But he's playing the game at an incredibly high level. We had this discussion on the radio show yesterday. Like, in this moment, right now, with how he's played every week this season, maybe the Colts game is a slight exception. Like, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes over everybody. I'm taking Mahomes over the field eight days a week. After that, we're, we're going to have a little, like, whoever you're saying, other than Lamar Jackson, we're going to have a little discussion about that. We're going to debate I that. agree. Because I'm not sure he isn't the second best. 